Hi guys and welcome to the latest episode of Brown Car Guy and Buddies. Yes, the series is back. This playlist has returned to my channel. I took a little bit of a break from this, but I'm kicking it back off again. And I'm doing it in style with a fascinating person that's going to be my first guest here. A guy called Dervish Dervish. He's so cool. Yes, they named him twice. And he recently had me on his podcast. So check him out. Full Throttle with Dervish. I'll put the links below uh, in the description. Um, but he is amazing because not only has he been a chef, but he's also been an engineer in automotive, uh, aeronautical and aerospace. So he's worked on Ford products. He's worked on uh, things like the Apache gunship and the Mars rover. It is going to be absolutely fascinating talking to him. So I'm going to talk to him about his name about working at Ford, working at uh, working on airplanes, what his favorite thing was, uh, about working on space stuff, uh, and also where he thinks the future is going in terms of, well, why aren't we riding around in starships yet, but also in terms of automotive as well. You know, what is the future technology that we can hope to see in cars? It's going to be an absolutely fascinating discussion. Can't wait to get into that. Before we do that, make sure that you are subscribing to youtube.com forward slash browncarguy. Make sure you also follow me on browncarguy.com. And don't forget to look me up on all the social media. There's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even TikTok. Just search for my hashtag. It is hashtag browncarguy. And if you enjoy my content, you can, of course, also sponsor it at patreon.com forward slash browncarguy. I'll tell you more about that at the end of the video. Cool. Let's get into this. Tervis, how are you doing? I'm okay. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks so much for featuring me on your podcast. That was absolutely fantastic. It was an honor to be on there, honor to be asked. Yeah, no, that was good. It was a lot of fun, man. I love speaking to people, especially people that know about cars. So, yeah, it was good. No, it's absolutely fascinating. So I thought I'd, you know, repay the honor and have you on mine. And you actually will be, uh, I think, the inaugural one for this year, for 2021. So, because um, okay, okay, I, I, I took a little bit of a break from these, uh, but I want to kick them back off. And so you're the one that's inaugurating it. Now, I've got to start, we're going to get, I mean, you're a fascinating guy with an incredible background in engineering, not just uh, automotive, but aerospace. Mm. And I'm, I've got to get into that. I mean, Asimo yeah. wants to get into it as well. So, but yeah. what I've got to ask you, <laughs> but what I've got to ask you first, is um, you know your name? It's so good they named you twice. I mean, what yeah. <laughs> De yeah. Dervish, Dervish, which yeah. to me conjures up images of Sufi monks. So what? What's, yes. the, what's the what's the superhero origin story of that name? So uh, a long, I can I, I can go on a bit about this. So just cut me off if I do. But but so, so I was named after my granddad, which is also Dervish, Dervish, and um, recently I asked my mother why she she named me twice. Because I do get a lot of comments, um, you know, some people think I'm taking the, a liberty and piss out of them. Some people just say, like you just said, <laughs> you know, so good they named you twice. <laughs> some people, they're actually quite rude about it and say, oh, did your mum have not, uh, did your mum, mum not have any brain cells or they'll go into something like disrespectful like that. And I'm like, well, okay, fair enough, whatever. Um, 
But I've, I've, I found in the past few years, it's, it's seen me in good stead. So it's actually been an advantage because people won't forget my name. People no, won't absolutely. forget that name. What's, and what, what's, the, what's the origin of, of the name itself? So the, 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 or, the origins are, um, they are, it does go back to the Sufi monks mm -hmm. of, of uh, Turkey and the Persian um, Gulf, if you like. But uh, I remember meeting somebody at a dinner party a few years ago and they said, Dervish, your name is so interesting. Do you know what it means? And I said, to be honest, no, I don't know what it means. And, and what it means is humble one. It means it means um, it's, it's like a almost like a, a monk, but with a scroll and, and kind of like a, a, a funny hat yeah. who goes from village to village yeah. and gives gives his knowledge. Yeah. So he's powerful in that aspect. Wow. Wow. And that's what it kind of means in yeah. a way. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess, I guess that, that points to why I am always helpful with people. And also, I mean, it fits perfectly, isn't it? Because here you are doing a podcast with, you know, yeah. this incredible breadth of knowledge, experience, you know, and, and skill sets yeah. that you have. And you're imparting yeah. a lot of that to other people. So I think that's absolutely incredible, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, knowledge sharing is one of my biggest loves. Um, if I know something, I like to share it with people. And, um, I think I think my name suggests that, that that's what I was always going to do, really. <laughs> uh, but yes, it's an it's an interesting name, and um, you know, a couple of times in my teens, I did think of changing my name yeah. because I was I was being a little bit bullied at school and college yeah. for for my name. Um, but I, I actually love my name, and, and people do remember me all over the world. No, absolutely. No, stand by it. No, I mean, to be honest, like as you, when I was a kid here in school, I, I did yeah. have issues with my name as well. But you know what? That's a whole different story, which we won't get yeah. into today. But yeah, you yeah. know what? But yeah, stand by it. I think it's fantastic. I love it. I think it's brilliant. But I also yeah. love what you do, which I mean, yeah. oh my God. I mean, just touching on some of the stuff. I, I mean, the Eurofighter, the Mars Rover. You know, you've yes. been a, you've been an engineer with Ford. Talk, give us a little bit of a snapshot of how you embarked on this path and 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 got to do some of these incredibly cool things. So another long story. I'll cut short. But basically, I was a chef when I left school. I was a chef from sixteen to eighteen. I was a chef at the Goring Hotel in London, and um, famous people like the president, the, the prime minister, the queen mother used to eat there regularly once a week. All right. Um, so it was a five star. I think I think it's now Michelin star restaurant inside the Goring Hotel, and I, I became an apprentice chef. So I went to college four times a week, and went uh, sorry went to college once a week at the Westminster College, which is where um, uh, what's his name went. Oh, God, what's his name? Not Gordon Ramsay. What's the other? Jamie Oliver. Jamie Oliver's. Jamie Oliver was a year above me, I think, or a year below me, um, and so. Um, and then so, I just so, realised so, that so I don't... you're pro properly trained chef. Then you, I mean, you are actually, you know. Well, a couple of years. I, oh, wow. I was there for a couple of years. A couple of years doing intense, intense chef work. I mean, literally, if you weren't moving quick enough, they used to put oil on the floor so you would slide. Literally, that's <laughs> that's how that's how ruthless it can be in a kitchen. And I, I said to my dad, "Look, my dad was an engineer in the um, the uh, the army, the British yeah. army." Right, right. And I said, let me try and be an engineer. Um, what do I like I, doing? I, 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 guess, I, like... I, guess, I guess that oil probably lend itself to some uh, theories of dynamic momentum. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so, that, so then, that's, that's a nice segue into engineering there. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And with French clogs on as well, you do slide. Yeah, French clogs. Wooden, wooden sold clogs. Why, you, why, you why are you wearing those? Do you know what? I've never worked out why chefs wear clogs. I, I, I'm assuming it's for the hygiene region. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, so just for hygienic reasons, really. But I, I've never, I've never worked out. I still eat in that restaurant. I still oh, there you go. Once or twice a year. It's the most delicious food. So anybody that's out there, go to the Goring. Uh, it's the most beautiful setting, um, especially for romantic dinners with your missus or with your girlfriend. It's a lovely place. But anyway, so I, I decided to embark on engineering. So I went to college, done engineering, uh, three or four years. And then I looked at the university degrees and I thought, I like aerospace and I like space stuff. So let me go down that route. So I went to Kingston University, done aeronautical degree, um, which I, I think I, yeah, I came out in 2001 with that degree. Um and I remember saying to myself, I'm going to go for British Aerospace because I liked what they were doing at the time and, and their, their, their projects were so interesting. So then what happened was my, my college, tutor, my university tutor said to me, don't bother because they only take the best of the best. I'm not the best engineer in the world. I'll be the first one to admit that. Um, I'm not the worst. So uh, eventually they said to me, oh, don't go for that company. That's like a... That's like a red rag to a ball with me. If, you, if they say you can't do something, I'm going to concentrate on doing it now. So I actually got in. I actually got in there and um, and done the graduate scheme with them, um, and and then just started working straight away on Harrier jump jets, um, tornado, uh, GR GR fours. I think they were. So, and so when you when you, say, when you when you say working on them. What, what were you doing? Mm -hmm. I mean, was it was it was it development? Was it engineering? Was it maintenance? What what were you were doing with these uh, amazing? I so, mean, so, Apache. You worked on an Apache. I mean, oh. yeah, yeah. Wow. So, so one of my jobs, one of my jobs on the Apache gunship was that um, during the Iraq War, one of them got shot down by uh, an air to um, a ground to a shoulder launch ground to surface missile. I think it wow. was. So, so so the the idea was to try and make sure that the electronic um, defense system of that helicopter is working uh, correctly and efficiently. And one of the issues they had was that the engines were permitting too much heat for the sensor to pick up that rocket coming in. Oh, I see. If, if, if it picked it up, it would have warned the pilot and the pilot could have made a left or a right turn. Mm -hmm. so, um, so the first thing we did was to look at what needs to be redesigned around that sensor to make the heat go away from that area. Uh, and all it was was a plate. It was just a, a four or five mil plate made out of titanium. And so we designed that and got it tested. You have to stress test everything and stuff. So, so, we, so, we, so we did that. Um, as a whole, we don't work on the whole spacecraft or the whole structure of an aircraft you get given a small portion of right, right. Um, so, for so, example, it's like, so it's like a problem solving thing. You get you get individual projects. You get right. This is an issue. See how we can yeah. solve this. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so at Ford, for example, Ford, Ford. I was I was a body in white design engineer, which meant that yeah. the whole body of the car was given from the design studio to us to formulate and to design in, in the CAD station you have an envelope and you can't go out of that envelope. So, you know, 
um, there's a maximum size of a panel you can design. Uh, and thinking about it, you've got to make sure that all the internal electrical structure and everything is is encompassed within that. You, you can't go out of it. So, so, the, so, so, so just to try and make people uh, understand this. So this is the car has been designed. It's been styled. It's about to go to production. But yeah. they've sent you the panels to make sure that actually everything will fit as it's supposed to. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, so, so in, a design, in a car design project, the first thing would be it would be made of clay mm-hmm. or wood. Some, some, some companies use wood. Um, and then what they would do is they will measure those A surfaces. They call them A surfaces. And they will measure that and then transfer it into a 3D model. That model then gets sent to the CAD people like me and design people like me. And then we would then start to design and surface each panel from from their their data and then any internal movement in the structure for example if there's a harness that needs to go up a certain way and 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 go around the corner slightly or whatever you would then redesign the bracketry underneath the panel right 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 but but you have to keep within the 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 a surfaces you you can't and unless you've got a signed document from the chief engineer to say actually this lotus, for example, that you've got behind you has to be one mil th- uh, wider on each panel. Mm-hmm. Um, there has to be a sufficient uh, a reason for that, and you have to prove that. Yeah, you know. So, so this is so this is the this is the if you like the unsexy nitty gritty of car design and production, which with the, the stuff that doesn't get talked about, car launches and stuff like that. But it's the really crucial stuff about how everything actually fits into into a vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's looking at, um, and normally, um, if a harness needs to be changed, it's the last thing that they change on a car. I don't know if you know that. So the harness, the harnessing team, the electrical team within any company would be the most stressed team in that company. Because if an airbox needs to go down here um, and your wiring's there, the wiring people have to move it. That's the rule. Right. You won't ask the air vent to be moved. It'll be the oh. air vents going there. The wiring has to now be rerouted around it. So there's like a hierarchy in uh, in, in, in teams and, and, and projects. Yeah, yeah. And, and the spacecraft industry is very similar as well in that aspect. Um, but because obviously wires can move and they can be bended around uh, and manipulated. So I guess that's why. But they are, they but is this, is this, this, this raises a very interesting question, because yeah. is this the reason why, you know, whenever we've seen faults in cars over the last few years, because cars are very well built, designed, engineered these days. Mm-hmm. But whenever we have seen faults, it's because inadvertently there's been overheating of some wiring loom or something like that, which has caught fire. Is that mm. is that possibly why? Because these things are kind of left to the end. It, it could it could be I, I can't say to you 100% because I'm not an expert in wiring and looms and stuff but I, I do think that has some part to play in it yeah mm-hmm. yeah definitely definitely but um, I, I guess with my engineering career from the start I mean I, I went from being an ILS engineer which is an integrated logistics support engineer which is reliability maintainability testability serviceability engineer to then going to the design office at British Aerospace, to then going to be a quality engineer for a software company who make CAD software, 
uh, and developing and researching the next um, the next year's products and 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 bringing them to the the market uh, and then last 13 I think 30, 12 years 12 years 12 years I've been I've been working in the space industry and, and with me I've been pushed towards the earth observation vehicle departments so what is that exactly define that so within within the space industry you've got telecommunication satellites which are, are fairly standard standard platforms so the, the, the platform will be a, B, and C, and A, B, and C platform structure will be all the same. However, they will be able to do different things and, and go to different areas of space. Um, the Earth observation side is very, very hard to, 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 to stay in because every spacecraft is different. So Solar Orbiter was different to the Mars rover. The Mars rover went to the Mars. It's going to go to Mars. Um, you, you know, so solar, solar Orbiter was looking at the sun and the, the I think it's looking at the, the, the sun's damage on Earth, I think. Right. Um, but it, 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 it needs to see a lot of heat. Um, so the thermal aspects had to be beefed up on, on that spacecraft, whereas the Mars rover, it's not going to see huge, huge temperatures. Um, but it will see rough terrain. So, 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 for example, the wheels had to be designed in a specific place. I think in Switzerland or Austria, somebody right. designed those, um, so that it can it can go around Mars without, you know, having too many problems getting over the terrain. Really. So what? So, well, so what for you has been the project that sort of excited you the most, and you know, really got you know because you're obviously a petrol head as well, and you get to work mm. on something like the Mars rover. But both mm. professionally and emotionally, what is the project that you've gone, ah, oh, this is something that, you know, this is, this is my, my, my pinnacle of what I want to do? <laughs> you know, you're going to laugh now, you know that. You're going to really laugh. You know, you know you're going to tell the, me it's the, paper straws or something, aren't you? <laughs> it's, it's not far off. You know, you, know the first, you know the first Koenigsegg that came out? Uh-huh. So I, I helped um, design the gear stick for that car. All right. This is a CCX, isn't it? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I'm, I think I've driven that one. <laughs> Have you? Blimey. Yeah, so, so for, for me, for me, that that's probably the most rewarding in my eyes thing. Because, wow. Because I'm, an, I'm a petrol head. Yeah. That I was looking at the Mars Rover a few years back when we were in the clean rooms at work and... You're, you're, you're double masked up. You're, you've got you, you've, you can only see through your mask. Then you've got glasses through that. They oh, keep this, steaming this, this, up. This is how you have to work. Yeah. So let me explain wow. a, a bit a bit about that. So if you ever get to go on a tour of any space company, which you can book online, I think, um, if you wanted to go into the Mars rover area, for example, you would have to. Um, first of all, you'd have to go on a training course about cleanliness. So that's wow. not cleanliness as in having a shower. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's cleanliness as in what you can touch, what you can't touch. Right. Um, by a planetary protection officer. Wow. They do exist. They do exist. Wow. Yeah. That's a, 
That's a heck of a business card. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And he's an interesting guy, actually. He's an Italian guy, Silvio. He's a really want, nice guy. I want to see the badge, planetary protection officer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 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 so That's their a, job is we, we get rid of we get the, we get rid of the scum of the universe. Is that is that their <laughs> motto? <laughs> yeah. Well, what what their job is really, Shazad, um, is to is to to make sure that we don't pollute another planet. Yeah, of and we course. don't we don't we don't uh, incriminate. Um, so not incriminate. We we don't contaminate contamination yeah. onto a spacecraft that is going to that planet. Yeah. And because so, because so we're, to we're talking microbes, bacteria, we're talking literally like mi microscopic stuff that could go on another planet and basically compromise yeah. the, the atmosphere or the ambience of that planet. Yeah. So for example, I want to put a unit, just a metal unit, which is, a, I don't know, it might be a antenna unit on, onto the Mars rover platform. What do I need to do that? Right. The bolts need to go into an oven. They're cooked at, I don't know, 100 degrees. There's a chart that you look at and you say, what material is it? And this is the, this is the temperature I need to take it to to make sure it's clean before it goes into the clean room to wow. get put onto the space wow. And this is only but, for a couple of bolts. This is for everything, everything. It could wow. be hand tools. It could be everything. So everything has to be cleaned properly so it could be cleaned with using the ipa so it's like a a, a, a non-alcoholic uh, clean, right. cleaner right um or it could be just put into the ovens that we've got in in in, in the office that, that we then have to bag up afterwards and make sure it stays clean but then we have to double glove double suit wow um we have to go for an air cleaner which which blows from head to toe and make sure that you, you all your hairs you know you sometimes you've got straight hairs yeah, on your, yeah, yeah, your body yeah, yeah. All, the, all that gets blown away so this is like so this is like the, the sonic shower in star trek is it yeah 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 <laughs> and, and 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 then you go for a chamber you shut wow. the door behind you you shut that door then you go it's a, it takes half an hour to just Amazing. get in the room so let's so, well, let's so let's move on from there as you know as you know and yes. as you can see you know i've always been a huge science fiction fan you know, and yeah. as a kid, you know, I used to watch shows like Space 1999 and obviously Star Trek and all the rest of it. And I figured like by this time, by this mm -hmm. point in my life, I believed that there would be a resort on the moon that, you know, we'd be regularly going to Mars <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Because especially when you look at the 60s and, and you know, at that point, where, what we were achieving and so quickly, you know, at that point. Mm -hmm. and, yet, and yet here we are, you know, in, in 2021. And we don't mm. even have a supersonic uh, airliner anymore, which is, which is also no. another, another travesty. So what happened, dude? What happened? Well, I, I, think, I think the engineering um, challenges we've got in front of us are far more than what, what we're capable of at this point. Um, technology is moving quicker than it was back in the 60s and 70s. But we still got some time to go before we actually have uh, life on another planet. Uh, but, but, we're Mars, talking, but we're talking what over fifty years since you know the first you know uh, launching into into not even to the moon but into space. You know, mm. and and this is you know the time when you know we'd only just invented you know 
these extraordinary weapons to kill each other, such as hydrogen bombs and stuff mm. like that. Mm. Mm. And, and you, but you would think that, you know, with the computerization, with, with the technology, with the materials and everything we've got, it's like, mm. how comes, mm. is it just a lack of uh, investment? Is it a lack of will? You know, because remember the, the you know, the famous speech, you know, we choose, we choose to go to the moon, not, you know, because we have to, but because it's there. Is it, is it that mm. that lack of that, you know, that motivation, that drive is not there anymore? No, I think, I think like, for example, when you look at Elon Musk, for example, he's changed the game dramatically, dramatically. So when we want to, when, when in the 10 years ago, when I first started in the space industry, I remember looking at the rockets that we were using to get spacecraft to space, thinking these are, these are backwards technology <laughs> machines. What yeah. are we using here? Yeah. And it was explained to me that we were using old intercontinental ballistic missiles yeah. to get to space. And I yeah. said, but so what they would do is they'd take the warhead off the, off the top of it yeah. and they would, they, would, they would put a satellite inside it and yeah. launch it. Now, launching a, launching a spacecraft into a lower Earth orbit is not a big deal. It's not a big challenge. Um, I think there are independent companies doing that now, mm. um, you know, private limited companies doing it. Um, I, th I think Elon Musk now has changed the ball game by actually saying, here's a billion dollars I'm going to put into research and development of a rocket that can return back and be reused. Yeah. And now NASA is shitting their pants saying, yeah. Jesus, this guy has just come along and shown us that we can do it. And now that's pushing them along to do more research and development quicker. Because I don't know whether you know, it, the aerospace industry and the space industry is so slow. Well, but, well, but, well, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly my mm. point. Mm. But I think that, you know, that again does come, like you say, it comes a lot of these things. I mean, like you, you've touched upon it there and it's, it's, it's tragic, but it's also very relevant in the sense that a lot of these things come out of conflict, don't they? Because all the technology that we had at the end of the Second World War was because of the wars, you know, sad as it yeah. is to say, but it's because, like you say, you know, we were able to go to space because we were able to utilize all of this technology, this, this, mm. this very dangerous technology that we'd created for the war. But mm. since then, obviously, we've had, you know, obviously, there's been conflicts around the world, but globally, we've had, we've had a you know, peaceful, you know, half a century or so. So I wonder if that's one of the reasons. And I wonder if, you know, that whole, and the space race obviously started because of the conflict between America and Russia, they wanted to see who could be the first to get into space and all the rest of it. Mm. So do you think that's mm. what it is? It just requires, you know, basically conflict. It just requires something to go, oh, my God, we've got to be before that, we've got to be quicker than Virgin, or we've got to be quicker than, you know, Elon Musk or whatever. But that, that's what it's always been about. China's always tried to beat America. America's always tried to beat Russia. Um, they, they, they seem to be, there's always been this space race, always. Yeah. Um, I, just, I just think it, it, it takes time to develop a, a structure that humans can go inside yeah. and be transported from A to B without, it's right without there. killing them. It's right there. I don't... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I mean, so, I mean just, I, just, so just quickly before we get into, yeah. uh, I want to come back, I want to bring this back to cars, you know, because that's what this yeah, is yeah, cool. about. But just quickly, it's like, will it ever be possible to get to that stage? Are we ever going to have faster than light travel and, and be traveling planet hopping in starships like that? Yes, I think so. I think not in our lifetime. 
Right. Not in our lifetime, but, but yeah. But humanity yeah. will get there. Just the, yeah. just the yeah. thought of that is awesome. Okay, you know what? Let's bring this back to cars. You've obviously worked on a lot of technology, a lot of uh, developments. You've worked on space. You worked on aer aeronautical stuff. How? Mm -hmm. And we know a lot of this stuff eventually starts to filter down to cars. You know, we know a lot, we know a lot of motorsport stuff, and F F1 stuff filters down to cars. How do you see cars developing? I mean, there's a lot of talk of you know autonomous uh, technologies in cars. There's a lot of talk of uh, you know electric vehicles and stuff like that. What do you think mm -hmm. are going to be the fundamental shifts that we're going to see in the next, say, five to ten years in, in our motoring lives? That's an interesting question. Because um, the petrol head in me doesn't want to go to electric. Um, but I think governments are pushing in that direction to, to, to go with electric. And I think it's a more of a political... Um, and and it, like the Concord was grounded... It was political and motivated by money. It, yeah. it wasn't motivated by the safety of that aircraft. Same as same as the car situation. I think. I think if the oil starts to run out, they've got to look at alternative resources. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I think I think we're going to go down the electric route. We are. We we we're starting to prepare for it now. But I, I guess. I think. Within next 10 years, I, I think they're going to struggle to get um, electric cars to be on every drive in, in the world. They, they won't do it. They won't do it. That's, that's, that's certain. I'm sure of that. Um, now, when you look at um, Boris Johnson's push to be 2030, we want no more diesel cars sold or petrol cars sold. Again, um, Roger Atkins uh, might might have a problem with me saying this, but I can't see it happening. I don't see it. It's going to work because you need an infrastructure behind it. You, you, you need to, you know, if, if I charge in my car using my house and everyone on this estate is using the same, surely that's going to drain the system. Yeah, no, and absolutely. That's have yeah, an I mean, you. You have multiple issues there. First of all, I mean, yes, they obviously they've talked about you know increasing power stations, more windmill windmill farms, and stuff like that. Mm. But the SMMT, the Society of Motor Manufacturers and Traders, have recently put out a release, quite rightly, saying that you know in order to achieve that target, we need to be installing seven hundred additional charges per yeah. day, per day between now and the end of the year, to get anywhere yeah. near the number of charges we're going to need. Yeah, exactly. So I guess I guess what what I'm trying to say is that I guess the infrastructure has to be there to start with first yeah. before we go down that route. Now, what about, what about autonomous uh, technologies? Do you, think, do you think, you know, people talk about the car that's going to drive itself. Personally, I'm highly skeptical. What's your viewpoint on it? My viewpoint is that you can never remove a human being from um, a functionality. Um, you, you, you know, if you want, if you want to be able to see a car coming from the left or the right, or you want to see a child that's running out on the road because he's chasing his ball, the automa system will be able to detect it. It might be ninety nine percent detectable. So that, or there's always that one percent that there's a chance that that kid could get run over or that car could be crashed into. Um, I know they've been testing. I know there's been some crashes and some issues 
over the past few years. Um, I was talking, funny enough, I was talking with Roger Atkins about this. Uh, I don't know whether you know him. He's an EV specialist. Um, and he, he, he reckons that w- where we're going to be in, a f- in about five to ten years is that no one's going to own a car. So what's going to happen is you will go on your app, on your phone, you'll say, I want to go to Greenwich Park. And a car will turn up outside your house to pick you up with no driver. And along the way, it might pick up one or two other people and it will take you from A to B. So you pay for that service. So you don't pay out for a car. So, but I, I, I can't see that working. Um, Cause I think that's, I think maybe in a hundred years or so. Yeah. But I can't see it working. And, and, and AI is still in, it's still being developed. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? So I can't see how the Ultimus side of things is going to work um, in, in, in the world. And, and if you look at the world, Germany, Spain, Italy, the most, you know, uh, America, Japan, these, these are countries that are, that are, are highly technically advanced already. They're the only countries that can probably do it, which means that the majority of the world really is not going to be AI or or um, Ultimus. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll be tunnels. We'll, yeah, we'll be some some way behind that. Yeah. No, I yeah, I, so. I, I I totally agree with you. I, I mean, you know, even from the current systems that I've tried in cars, you know, they're not foolproof. You know, and they're, yeah. and they're and they're just one aspect of what the car is going to need to do. And I think that yeah. an, an AI system needs to exist that can actually that can actually pre- predict human behavior. You know, to have yeah. that kind of gut intuition that we have when we're driving. I don't think a computer can do that yet. You know, no. and I, and, I, and I agree with you. I think we're we're a good you know, ten, fifteen, twenty years at least minimum away from anything like that. So yeah, no, it's it, it's uh, it's it's far off. Mate, it's been absolutely fascinating uh, talking to you. We've hit, we've hit our 30 minutes. You see, I've got to, I've always say I will try to keep these to 30 minutes. And this year, I'm going to be a little bit more disciplined about these because, you know, I always yeah, end up yeah, going yeah. over. But uh, I think we, we, we could do this for hours and we'll probably do it again soon. But it's absolutely yeah. fascinating talking to you and, and listening about the incredible stuff that you've been working on and doing in the past. All power to yeah. you, man. Tell people how they can find you because now you do a podcast as well. Yeah, so... Uh, my podcast is Full Throttle with Dervish. And if you go on my Instagram, Full Throttle with Dervish, you'll find uh, the link tree to my Facebook page, um, my LinkedIn, um, and my YouTube channel, which is which has only just been kind of launched in the last couple of months, really. Um, and it has all my podcasts on there. Um, and and, and um, I'm on Patreon as well. So my Patreon is, let me just have a quick... Um, glance at my Patreon because my Patreon is quite new as well at the moment. Uh, Patreon. So whilst, so whilst you're doing that, Patreon is a fantastic facility where, you know, you can go and support your favorite uh, content creators. I also have a Patreon account and obviously the links will come up at the end of this. But, you know, it's a fantastic way to, to, to endorse content creators, to support them and to sponsor their content. So it's a very, very yeah. useful tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so go just go on Patreon and, and type in "full throttle with Dervish" and it will come up. Um, support me. Um, I only ask for a fiver 
for a month for um, supporting the show and, and getting good content to my to my listeners, really. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. That's awesome. Dervis, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Mate, perfect. Thank you very much for your time and, and inviting me on your podcast, and hopefully we'll meet face-to-face soon. Can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah, cheers, man. Take care. Right. Thank you. All right, bye. Hope you enjoyed that video. If you did, make sure you hit that like button. And you know what? Leave a comment and share it if you can. And of course, you're subscribing, right? To youtube.com forward slash browncarguy. Of course, also to browncarguy.com. And follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even on TikTok. Just search for my hashtag. It is hashtag browncarguy. And you know what? If you enjoy my content, you can sponsor it as well. And you can do that at patreon.com forward slash browncarguy. And your name will appear like these gentlemen coming up here on my content at the end of the video in my written text and on some of my Instagram posts and that's a reach of what 350,000 views in total on my YouTube channel 2,000 plus subscribers nearly 8,000 followers on Instagram so you know what if you have something to promote you're most welcome to do that and you can do that from as little as two pounds or two dollars a month the price of buying me a coffee you do that right <laughs> and you can join this incredible lineup coming up on the screen which of course includes Muhammad Humaid over in uh, UAE Parthas Srinivasan in India Tom Conway Gordon here in the UK Isaac Boshad over in America, Reza Adil here in the UK, also Mohammed Qasim here, Saraj Abbasi here, Mark Waddell in Canada, Zaka Kogliani uh, over in America, and a dear childhood school buddy of mine, Shahir Haki, also over in America. See your name coming up here? Uh, just head over to patreon.com forward slash brown car guy, and I'll see you all in the next video.